Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, powered by the Montana Electric Cooperative Association. Your Montana Electric Cooperative, they do much more than keep the lights on for you. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Man, we better jump right into the phone calls here. You guys must have heard the promo that I put together after the show yesterday. I said, hey, we're going we're gonna to have a big show. We're going to warm things up for you once again with Friday's Montana Talks. Uh, that's how some of you survive the Arctic blast, heating things up, taking phone calls all across Montana. Uh, Cannon Great Falls was burning a bunch of uh, uh, fossil fuels. That's how he stayed warm. But the rest of you uh, warmed up with... Uh, just some good old Montana talks that, and uh, the great conversations, the phone calls, sometimes the heated discussions, but that's part of the fun. Uh, we're doing it once again here today, though, taking your phone calls. And then we've got a couple of guests that are going to join us later in the hour. So let's uh, jump into the phone calls right away here. First, we've got Perry in Columbus. Uh, so for those who haven't heard this, this soundbite, Klaus Schwab, you know, the great reset guy. The World Economic Forum, uh, they push all sorts of crazy stuff. But but he, this week at the World Economic Forum, he's saying, well, why do we need to have elections anyway? There's AI, there's predictive technology that can tell us how people would vote anyway. So why do we even need to have elections? And he was saying this to the people from Google that were at the World Economic Forum in Davos. He was saying... You know, there's software that can do all this stuff. Why do we need to have elections anyway? Perry in Columbus, uh, what's your take on that? Good morning, Aaron. Good morning. And thanks for having me on the show on Freedom Friday. So, Klaus Schwab opens his mouth again, and out comes yet another trial balloon of world tyranny. What a shocker that the world's elites would now advocate for AI to conduct our elections for us. After all... They'll be the ones programming it, for your own good, of course. This is the same Davos demagogue and his buddies that declared, you'll own nothing and be happy. They just never finished the thought, and here it is. You'll own nothing and be happy, or we'll harvest out the organs we want, chop you into little pieces, and feed you to the pigs on our collective farm. This is... This is why they laugh at religious faith and freedom and persecute you for having it. They will be your God and control everything you do, or you will be the domestic terrorist enemy to them. And sooner or later, I guess we're going to have to decide that maybe they should be the enemy to us. Thanks a lot. So the pigs get to eat uh, actual protein. The rest of us got to eat bugs, yeah, according to Bill Gates. Bugs and be happy. That's right. Yeah, they'll uh, eat the bugs or we, we feed you to the pigs. The pigs get the real protein. Yeah, you know, it's just crazy. They And, and they were talking about these crazy terms like ecocide and how people... Uh, who, you know, fishermen should be treated uh, like regimes that commit genocide and because they're committing ecocide. But you notice they never want to hold the communist Chinese accountable for actually overfishing, for actually enslaving people and sterilizing Uyghur women. Maryland in Billings, you'll be next up right after this, 294-0970. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. 
Had a great message from Sally and Sunburst. It actually came in in the middle of yesterday's show, but somehow I missed it until this morning. But uh, it's a great message uh, I'm going to share today. Uh, nonetheless, uh, better late than never, right, Sally? Uh, she was talking about our southern border and another great phone call that we got on the program yesterday. We had a, a caller talk about this invasion on our southern border. And, hey, we, we need to send our own National Guard troops down to the southern border. It was a great phone call and a great point. And, and I responded by saying, well, as, as I understand it, because I've actually met uh, at least one of those troops uh, Montana uh, Guard soldier who was sent down to the southern border. And so uh, I know the governor has been doing it. My question is this, though, is are they allowed to actually secure the border? Uh, or or is it just, you know, OK, they go down there and they're helping uh, to conduct surveillance of all these illegals that are coming across our border, but they're not allowed to actually stop anybody on our southern border. Sally and Sunburst said this weak border leadership and she uses air quotes on leadership, weak border leadership was occurring during the Clinton era, too. Our border agents here in North Toole County, who worked at the Sweetgrass border, had to go leave for a month or two at a time. Full price flights, motels, and meals, compliments of the U.S. taxpayers, to go work the southern border because of the immigrant influx at that time. Their southern orders on the southern border stand still and do nothing. Arrest no one. You are only there as a show of force. Again, that's that's what the liberal left has been doing for quite some time. But but at least back then they pretended to care about our southern border. They they pretended uh, that they actually were concerned about it and that they actually wanted to enforce our our border laws. Now they, there's no even pretending. They are they are suing the state of Texas. They are trying to to block Texas from even defending their own borders so that the the illegal aliens can keep uh, coming in. Owen and Bozeman sent us a message on our Montana Talks app. The world is looking more and more like the movie Demolition Man. That was from Owen and Bozeman. Let's get into the phone lines. Marilyn in Billings. Marilyn, thanks for the call. What's on your mind this morning? Well, good morning, Aaron. It's always good to talk to you. Um, I'm really disturbed about uh, the increasing amount of ads against Kim Sheehy, um, almost making him out to be an asset for the, the, the Chinese, gov uh, sorry, Chinese communist government. Um, does, is he going to answer any of these or uh, make an attempt to stop these so, ads? Well, so, yeah, so what you're referring to, um, so I get this. I, I was talking with, let's just say, uh, a, a source who knows who knows exactly what they're talking about uh, back in Washington, D.C. They said the Democrats right now, these dark money groups, the, the John Tester dark money groups are spending a million dollars a week with these fake phony attack ads against Navy SEAL veteran Tim Sheehy. And so, so I mean, isn't that crazy? So, and, and you think about yeah. it, that's, they're doing that now, and they're going to continue doing it through November. No matter who the candidate is, they are going to have at least a million dollars a week to push their fake, phony BS. Now, you raise a good question. Is he going to respond? Will he respond to it? I did hear, um, I did hear a, a commercial where they are basically calling out these ads and calling out the fact that these are fake, phony uh, Democrat attack ads. Uh, so I, I did hear at least, I don't know if you heard uh, those commercials at all, but I did hear those earlier. 
Okay, okay. Well, it would be nice if you could be on your show and maybe answer some questions um, and and take some action to put a stop to this because he's an honorable man and this should not be happening. Well, the guy who should face those questions is John Tester. Why is well, John Tester smearing a Navy SEAL veteran who got shot in defense of this country, and John Tester is taking these cheap shots at him. I, I get where you're coming from. People will do this you know, in election cycles. They'll hear attack ads from another campaign. Hey, you guys should respond to these ads. And sometimes campaigns will. They'll, they'll respond to a specific point. But, but, but oftentimes also campaigns will say, why let them dictate the conversation? It's kind of like, it's like when, when the liberally newspapers run with a narrative uh, they when 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 the fake news media ran with the Russia 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 hoax, uh, why do they set the agenda? Why do they get to set the narrative? That's what I love when when Donald Trump and, and, and Ron DeSantis does this as well. I love it when they don't when they don't they don't even honor the press the, the whole basis of the absurd question and they just call out the fake news media for exactly what this is. This is just a bunch of fake phony BS garbage attacks from John Tester because we know that if anybody. It's been a pawn for the communist Chinese. It's Max Baucus's buddy, John Tester, who's yep. responsible for these wide-open southern borders and everything that's occurring right now. Yes, sir. Yeah, okay. Well, all right. Well, well that's my uh, take. I, yeah, I don't know what, what your thoughts are on that. <clears throat> well, I think John Tester should be held into account for this. Yeah, I agree. I agree. There was a headline. Um, the DailyWire.com had this headline. CCP billionaire secretly bought 200,000 acres of U.S. farmland. So the Republican supermajority in Helena and Republican Governor Greg Gianforte signed a bill into law banning the communist Chinese from owning land in Montana. How come how come a bill hasn't hasn't uh, gotten signed into law by Joe Biden? R right. Yeah, I, right. Right. Absolutely. So my other my other question is, um, <laughs> I got banned from Facebook for presenting a Dan Bongino um, uh, podcast where he's very concerned about cybersecurity. And I woke up this morning and I got banned from Facebook. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Good night. Yeah, they're, they're back to interfering in elections, right? No free yep. speech here. What, what do you think? This is a free country. This is just a place where you give illegal aliens all your money. Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, coming up in the second half of Montana Talks here statewide, we've got Montana Congressman Ryan Zinke is going to join us here for the second half of the program. So that'll be coming up in a few minutes. Uh, also, uh, we're going to chat in just a couple minutes with Kathleen Skama from the Western Energy Alliance. Uh, you guys may have heard a thing or two about these this uh, concept, these NACs. This natural asset company rule, I know it sounds kind of innocuous, but this thing was crazy. Major threat. Uh, we've got a big news update on that front that we're going to talk with Kathleen about here in just a second. But first, another caller on the line. Let's go to John in Kalispell listening to KJJR. John, what's going on? Thanks for the call. Oh, you bet, Aaron. Thanks for taking my call. 
I've got a uh, comment out there. So in the Helm decision, the Supreme Court just shut down the stay. Uh, it's quite interesting reading the uh, documents or the court case. And Held is in a guardianship. The kid is in a guardianship by Ryan Busey's wife. And I thought that was kind of interesting. So you have a gubernatorial candidate on the Democrat side that's trying to shut down all gas and energy within the state of Montana that's running for uh, state governorship. Yeah. And I think that's absolutely abhorrent and a shameful thing to do. And not only that, I think Kathy Seeley should comply with her own regulation and shut off all the power to the courthouse and her court and the Supreme Court should do the same thing. Yeah, they're climate hypocrites uh, committing ecocide, according to the uh, World Economic Forum folks, right? So the held decision, the held decision for those who, who aren't familiar, that is the climate kids lawsuit. That's where these rich white liberals are using their kids as human shields in their war on American energy or in their war on Montana energy. And so, so they want every, any time before we do any energy project in Montana, they think climate change should be factored in. And, and ironically enough, um, the, the climate kids that are being used as pawns in this war on American energy also filed a brief in support of the radical environmental groups that want to block the natural gas power plant from getting up and running in Laurel, Montana. And the Supreme Court basically propped up the climate kids lawsuit right in the middle of severe cold weather. It doesn't get any more tone deaf than that, does it? That's exactly right. And the bottom line is, is everybody needs to do some research and actual research to find out where the sources are from on all these candidates running. Because there are so many, just like the individual ads going after Sheehy. I mean, that's all done by a, a fake group out there that's billionaires. And all they want is to control your life. And they want to enslave you to them so that you're bolstering their bottom line and pocketbook. And I think that's absolutely abhorrent. That's and right. Let's just get back the to uh, the, the same radical environmentalists are funding these these campaign commercials attacking Tim Sheehy because they are scared as heck of, of Sheehy being the candidate against against John Tester in in the fall. John, uh, I know you got more to share. I apologize. I got, I got to be a little quick here because I got Kathleen Skama uh, from the Western Energy Alliance uh, who graciously gave up some time for us here this morning. I want to check in uh, with her because this is a very big story that hasn't gotten much media attention. So, John, thanks. Thanks for calling in, and uh, yeah, definitely call back in again so we can we can talk more about this for sure uh, uh, down the road. Uh, Kathleen Sagama from the Western Energy Alliance. Uh, Kathleen, you probably heard a little bit of our back and forth there, and you're probably tracking this climate kids lawsuit. Isn't that thing just nuts? Yes, yes, it is. Um, it's uh, using the courts to set policy, which is really not what should be done. That's that's right. Well, let's let's talk about the big story here, since I know we're uh, relatively short on time here. This this is a big story and a lot of people weren't even tracking it. I I got wind of this very early on. One of our listeners called in and said, hey, Aaron, have you heard about these these NACs, these this proposed rule by the Securities and Exchange Commission to list natural asset companies? as a new category of publicly traded companies on the New York Stock Exchange. Apparently, the the Utah State Treasurer first spoke out about this. Glenn Beck put the spotlight on it. 
Um, I reached out to our attorney general, Austin Knutson, and he ended up uh, uh, signing off on a letter with several over 20 other attorneys general pushing back against this nonsense. Basically, they were going to try to use the stock exchange to fund these radical environmental groups to try to shut down farmers and ranchers and oil and gas operations and more. Yes, it was quite stunning. They tried to sneak through a uh, 21-day comment period in October, which nobody had heard about. And then, um, based on the work first with Utah, and as you mentioned, others got involved, because there were huge public lands implications and effects in the West. So these natural asset companies would be allowed to monetize natural resource values on private and public lands, and even tribal for that matter, and so they'd be able to profit off of natural resource values. Not sure how they thought that was going to work out. Um, how do you monetize the air we breathe, the, uh, you know, watersheds and the land? Um, but they were going to try to do that, and they were trying to slip it in without considering how our public lands are managed. Now, we, we did submit comments, um, so I got pretty involved with this. But there was a great effort pushing back members of Congress, the states, attorneys general, as you mentioned, et cetera. Well, I know. So it really good that yesterday SEC withdrew the rule. So that was really good news. Yeah, and that's why it's always good to highlight good news. The, the SEC felt the pressure, especially heading into the 2024 election year. They withdrew this rule. Carrie White, a former state lawmaker out of the Gallatin Valley of Montana uh, with Citizens for Balanced Use. Yeah, he, I got a call from him earlier. He was very pleased to hear this news uh, because it would have threatened public land access, too, for folks who like to in, enjoy our so-called public lands. And so so he was happy they put exactly. some pressure out there. It would allow these companies to control public, aspects of public lands, which is it's just crazy. That's not how things work. We have federal management agencies. All Americans own um, our public lands. So when oil and gas develop, you know, when companies develop oil and gas on public lands, we pay a royalty back to the taxpayer. So we pay for the privilege of developing those resources. This um, crony capitalism would allow these natural asset companies to just go ahead and monetize and control these assets without paying back to the American taxpayer any kind of royalty. So that was one of our major objections. It was really crony capitalism disguised as conservation. And it was the brainchild of one small nonprofit association funded by the Rockefeller Foundation, which funds environmental groups, anti-oil and gas groups, and they were going to be able to profit off of the revenue of every single NAC that would be created under this rule. It was the most bizarre thing that SEC was trying to do. There, there hasn't been a company, whole category of company created based on one company coming up with this concept and then given a monopoly on profiting from it into the future. There, so this is the good news, of course, heading into the 2024 elections. The SEC is withdrawing this rule. Now, the bad, the bad news is that bad ideas have a tendency of uh, uh, rearing their ugly heads again down the road, especially if the presidential election doesn't go the right way here in 2024. The pushback on this was so intense and so fast that I think they would have a hard time bringing this up again. But, you know, we need to remain vigilant. So now we know what the, the the tricks they're up to. I think there's a spotlight highlighted on this one group, the Intrinsic Exchange Group, who nobody's ever heard of before. So I think there's a role to continue to be looked into who these, what these, what this group is, why they were given this monopoly, 
and, uh, you know, who's connected, who's getting funded, who's paid up, who, who made that sweetheart deal. So I think we need to find out um, so we can make sure to nip this in the bud in the future. Well, and I wonder, too, if, if uh, you know, the folks on Wall Street, uh, what's, what's the phrase I'm thinking of, you know, where they get their nose under the tent? I think I wonder if the folks on Wall Street was like, man, we don't even want these snakes uh, getting their foot in the door even further uh, in Wall Street with these radical environmental groups. And so I wonder if, if, if Wall Street is finally starting to wake up and kind of push back. I mean, Jamie Dimon, uh, big uh, CEO, yeah, basically was on, I think, CNBC or somewhere, somewhere like, you know, basically telling uh, Joe Biden how wrong he is to be attacking the Make America Great Again movement. And I, I, it's almost like they see the writing on the wall that the American people are ticked and they see how much chaos is going on all over the world right now, directly as a result of folks of, of Biden and, and John Tester policies. And so so they're trying to, to wall off Wall Street uh, from from more of the chaos. I think so. I think there's been a really good pushback um, from red states and also from members of Congress on ESG, environmental, social, and governance, um, which is a, a buzzword from the left to try to control corporations. Um, so I think there's been a really good pushback on that. Not, not that that fight is completely won by any means, but I think people are starting to wake up to how leftist policies are taking over everything from Wall Street to academia and so there is there is a backlash. That's that's right, Kathleen Scalma with the Western Energy Alliance. Anything else you want to share with our listeners uh, across the state before we uh, get to our break here in about one minute? Well, I think uh, you know people are waking up also to the fact that you know oil and natural gas is a geopolitical, it's a strategic resource, and when we deny developing it in this country, such as with this NAC rule or however. Um, it, you know, it doesn't make the need go away. It just may, means we would have to import from overseas. So mo- most people are sensible on both sides of the aisle and go, hey, you know what? I'd rather produce it here where it's done in an environmentally protective manner than import it from Russia or Venezuela. Well, and when the prices go up, it's natural that production will continue and potentially even go up. But that's why rig count, rig count to me is so important. It's the additional development, you know, getting getting some some more production going out there uh, that, that that really matters. And it's those rig counts and, and new leases that we've really struggled with uh, here in the West under this administration. Kathleen, thanks for your time. Thanks for all you do. Great to have you on the program. Montana Congressman Ryan Zinke joining us in the second half right after this uh and uh and we'll try to sneak in your phone calls as well plus i already got a message on the montana talks app from sean and shelby uh that i'll share as well this is where montana talks at with lane nordland the national cattlemen's beef association strongly supports the death tax repeal act introduced in both the house and senate NCBA says it's unthinkable for cattle producers to face a tax that forces them to sell or part with their family's farm or ranch due to the death of a family member. With the cost of farmland rising rapidly, the death tax presents a significant threat to the future of family farms and ranches, says NCBA president and rancher from South Dakota, Todd Wilkinson. He added that most cattle producers do have significant assets but are cash poor and operate on thin margins, leaving them with few options when they are saddled with an unexpected tax liability. NCBA says some producers get forced to sell off assets, including land, livestock, farm equipment, and even their home. Current death tax relief expires at the end of 2025. 
And it's vital, they say, that Congress acts soon to provide permanent relief. Way up in slaughter cows were the main drivers this week at the Billings Livestock Commission. Good demand for those way-up cows on a light offering, and packers showed up strong for slaughter cows. Looking at the breaker boner cows there on the slaughter end of things, they were priced at $79 to $107 weight. Slaughter bulls anywhere from $102 to $132 weight. I'm Lee Northmond. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, this is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right, let's see. Uh, well, I'll, I'll keep an eye on our phone lines here for just a second, but I'm, I think I may have gotten the dates wrong. Uh, I was thinking we were having Congressman Zinke on today, but it uh, looks like that may be later in the month. So uh, I was looking through my old email traffic here. But either way, hey. If we don't get a call from him uh, here in the next minute or two, uh, we'll get to your phone calls. We'll just keep the phone lines open, 406-294-0970. Uh, we've, we've got a caller on the line right now. Uh, let's go to Lee in Kalispell, listening to KJJR. Hey, Lee, what's going on? Hi, Aaron. Yes, uh, I heard this morning where uh, Biden is now saying again that he's going to forgive the student debts of college students. Uh, but I could have sworn that was found illegal and it had to go through the uh, Congress. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry to laugh, but you know, it can be illegal. He may have been told that it's been illegal. That ain't stopping Joe Biden, right? Yep. <laughs> no, you're right. I saw a story. So, uh, so every every morning I'll try to scan the uh, the Fox News radio headlines just to see. Because our our billing stations, uh, for example, is a is a Fox News radio affiliate. Some stations carry Fox, some are ABC, some are Town Hall News, a whole bunch of others. But but I'm able to scan the Fox News radio headlines, and yeah, that one caught my eye as well. Let me see here. Uh, the Biden administration is taking more action designed to eliminate student loan debt. Uh, Lee, hold that thought. I, I want to I hear your reaction and more here in just a second. But um, I didn't get a chance to listen to this full report myself. And so I'm assuming others didn't either. So since you brought it up, let's uh, let's play it. Student loans are being canceled for 74,000 borrowers, more than half of them teachers, nurses, firefighters, and other individuals with 10 or more years of public service, President Biden says. The Biden administration has relied on executive actions and technical fixes to existing loan forgiveness programs to cancel debt for more than 3.5 million Americans, though a larger forgiveness plan projected to total $400 billion in debt relief for tens of millions was struck down by the Supreme Court last year jared halpern fox news okay now uh yeah lee I, lee were you able to hear that report i know sometimes if you're on the phone lines you may not might, may not hear the background music or things like that did, did you hear that report though no i didn't oh okay so basically there's what what they're trying to do is they're trying to use administrative rules they're trying to back channel provide it sounds like more targeted student loan debt relief teachers firefighters people who've been in public service that have had student loan debts for for 10 plus years now sounds like a good idea i mean i'm all about in incentive programs to encourage people into public service you know if you're going to go be a 
a school teacher in rural Montana. I know we've talked about targeted incentives to, to encourage teachers to, to go there. But here's the thing, like that stuff should follow the process. It should go through Congress. It should be signed into law. And so once again, here, here they are trying to push something and subvert the process. All right. Uh, well, Lee, thanks for the phone call. Great to hear from you. Uh, yeah, we do have the phone lines open. We'll keep the phone lines open uh, for the remainder here of Freedom Friday. I think we had our dates wrong on uh, when Congressman Zinke is going to join us on the show. Uh, 406-294-0970, the number for you. L- Lee, the really shocking uh, student uh, financial aid, uh, student loan, whatever you want to call it, the really shocking news out of the Biden administration, even more than than this latest update, if you ask me, um, I was I was chatting with our friend Jeremy Carl. Jeremy Carl is a senior fellow at the Claremont Institute, and he lives in Bozeman, Montana. Uh, one time, I'm you know I'm reading the Federalist, doing my show prep for the for the day, and I see a great story at thefederalist.com. You'll you'll always see great stories at thefederalist.com. The story and a story caught my eye and it was written by Peachy Keenan. And I can't remember what the story was about at the time. Probably some of this woke rainbow mafia nonsense, you know, that's going on and trying to chop body parts off of kids. Probably something like that. Right. But anyway, so I know that Peachy Keenan is a friend of Jeremy Carl. So anyway, Peachy Keenan, I think she's got five kids. The Biden administration is changing uh some of the rules regarding FAFSA, the federal financial aid. So for those of you that have kids in college or want to send your kids to college, if they apply for, for financial aid, student loans or or see if they might qualify for Pell Grants, et cetera, they, go, they fill out the FAFSA form, right? Now, I, I haven't filled out that thing since the late 90s, so if... <laughs> If I, if it's changed significantly since then, just call in and, and, and straighten us out here. But, but basically, w- what the Biden administration is going to do is they are going to make it harder if you have more than one child going through college. It's going to cost you more money, right? In the past and, and up until now. They would factor in if you had more than one kid going to college. They would factor that in, and so. So it wouldn't be harder for you to get a student loan for your second kid if you had another kid also getting you know, student loans while they're going to college. And the Biden administration is now changing that. So they're effectively going to make it harder for, for people with multiple kids going through college to receive student loans. And, and I tell you, it really set me off and it fired me up because I agree with Peachy Keenan. What – what Peachy Keenan said that the Biden administration is now doing is they are effectively they are trying to wipe out the middle class. They are trying to take away these opportunities from the middle class. So think about it. If you're technically on paper poor enough, you qualify for Pell Grants, meaning the, the government just gives you money, gives you cash, no student loan. You get a Pell Grant. If you're wealthy enough, well, you can and afford to pay for college. And then your kids may not have to work part-time jobs. They may not be busy. So then they have all the time in the world to fill out scholarship applications and get the free money there. Meanwhile, those of us in the middle class that had to wash dishes, wait tables, mow lawns, work in fit, you name it, 
to pay our way through school, we get nothing but a big fat student loan that I paid off in Afghanistan several years later. And, and yet here's the Biden administration sticking it to the middle class once again. Uh, and, and, and it's just it's, it's what the left does. The left wants everybody to be dependent. They, they want to be the elites in charge up here. You know, they want to be the ones in Davos, Switzerland, that fly on the, the private jets and eat the steak and lobster in Switzerland. They want the rest of us eating bugs. They want to push everybody out of the middle class, and they want us all to be dependent on the federal government. Because if we're dependent on government, we're dependent on them. We vote for them. And, and so here you go. Just uh, another one, as DJ Khaled would say, another one. I mentioned getting a phone call from Carrie White talking about these natural asset companies that we were discussing with uh, with Kathleen Skama from the Western Energy Alliance and how the SEC, the Security Securities and Exchange Commission, is now uh, is now withdrawing this NAC rule. They're withdrawing the natural asset company rule that would have allowed these radical environmentalists to leverage the stock market to lock you out of so-called public lands. Here's the reaction from Kerry White that I got earlier this morning. I just wanted to update you. We got a really big victory on Wednesday. Uh, Westerman with the Subcommittee on Natural Resources in the U.S. House was going to look into these natural asset companies. But on Wednesday, the Securities and Exchange Commission withdrew the proposed rule to form these natural asset companies, which would have allowed our natural resources to be traded on the New York Stock Exchange and foreign investors could invest and really take control of our natural resource uh, assets in public lands, wilderness areas, national parks, and on private property with these conservation easements. So anyway, on Wednesday, they withdrew uh, putting that rule forward. So it looks like it's dead for now, uh, but we never know what's around the corner. No, that's right. I remember you were one of the first folks to call in and talk about this. One of our listeners called in, and she was saying how, hey, have you guys heard about this? Glenn Beck is talking about the, these NACs. Basically, it would, it would basically, you take these, these groups, these NGOs that want to that wanna shut down America, that want to shut down American oil and, oil and gas, that want to shut down American agriculture, and it would have allowed them to, to basically raise money. Uh, by trading on the stock market. Uh, t- so they would be using the stock market to shut down America, basically. And the, the state treasurer down in Utah was the first to start highlighting this and raising awareness about this. Then Glenn Beck amplified it. So when I got when I got that phone call from one of our listeners, I reached out to our attorney general. Hey, are you guys tracking this? And A.G. Knudsen, I don't, I don't know if it got any press, but Attorney General Austin Knudsen actually sent a multi-state letter uh, that he and several other uh, state attorneys general uh, filed with the SEC. And, man, there's a whole list of names in here. So so A.G. Knutson also yeah. got into the fight behind the scenes to put pressure on the SEC to stop this as well. All right. And then another quick reaction from Kerry White. And then we'll get right into your phone calls right after this. If you're somebody who tries to call in and the phones are already full, call in now, 294-0970. Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, powered by the Montana Electric Cooperative Association. Your Montana Electric Cooperative, they do much more than keep the lights on for you. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. 
Hey, if you call in right now, we've got phone lines open, 406-294-0970. I know sometimes you'll call in and, man, the phones are full. You can't get through. We've got got them open for you right now, 294-0970. Going to get to Chris and Kalispell here in just a second. Real quick, though, um, oh, this was the message from Sean and Shelby. Like I I said, it looks like we got our dates wrong. Uh, and, uh, and Congressman Zinke is going to be on at a later date. But Sean and Shelby said this, please tell Zinke, build the damn wall at all cost. We can't afford not to. We can't afford to feed, clothe, house, and all of these future one-party socialists. He was wrong voting for that CR. I, for one, am pissed. That's from uh, from Sean and Shelby. Now, as I understand, I uh, yeah, I I don't like this CR. You know, it's Groundhog Day once again. Uh, I think a lot of us w- w- would agree that these CRs got to come to a halt. But uh, but but man, we were told that they were getting rid of Kevin McCarthy, and that was going to stop all these CRs. And yet, uh, another CR. Here we go again, Groundhog Day, as uh, Chip Roy said. Um, uh, but I'll tell you what, as much as I don't want a short-term bad spending bill CR, it's, it's certainly better than a long-term bad spending bill baked into an omnibus. I know that's a lot of inside baseball stuff, but I, that, that's the only thing I can think of why, why you would have voted for this is that, is that a, 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 something bad for the short term is better than something worse for the long term, if that makes sense. Now, at least border security negotiations are still going on as we speak. But again, I'm just not too optimistic, especially if, if uh, you know, given the current makeup of the the Senate GOP. Uh, anyway, that's my take. But uh, thanks for that message. Carrie White added this uh, before I get to Chris and Kalispell. Carrie White added this about about where these whole natural asset companies, these NACs, came from, and and why the left was pushing this. The precursor, really, Aaron, for uh, carbon credits. So if you were a, an industry that supposedly had some uh, burning fossil fuels and you had to buy carbon credits, you could invest in these NACs and mm. these carbon credits would then be applied to those natural resources. So you could uh, use your own money. America. You could use your own money to, to basically stab yourself in the back, basically, is what they were going to be doing. Good night. Yeah, well, Carrie. Exactly. Anyway, yeah, there we go. That was, that was Carrie White. I got a chance to catch up with him earlier. Let's go to Chris in Kalispell. Chris, uh, what's on your mind this morning? Well, the, the student loan forgiveness stuff. Um, there's been on the books for many, many years a student loan forgiveness program, which is the 10 years public service, uh, so you're typically in a lower-paying job, and then you have to make your payments on time all the time for those 10 years, and then you can apply for the forgiveness, but the success rate for the actual forgiveness has only been about 1.5% over the last 15, 20 years. So there is a program, if they just had implemented it and used it, uh, it could be successful, but this whole idea of forgiving everybody is total BS and no reason I should pay for somebody else's when I didn't go. Yeah, uh, somebody just sent me a note on Twitter. Uh, this is from, is it, uh, at Dino NMT, Dino in Montana. I'm thinking Biden needs to be sued for contempt of Congress for moving forward on funding student loan debt. Uh, thoughts? Uh, so that's what he has to say. Absolutely, yes. Sue the guy for breaking the laws. Well, and Greg Frankson Billings made a really good point. I got a note from him. He says he says that the reason why Biden is doing this, 
He's targeting unions. He's trying to get the union votes out. You notice those jobs I mentioned oftentimes are unionized workers. Now, that that makes perfect sense here because you think about it. Joe Biden has been kicking union workers in the you-know-what for the past three years. Shut down the Keystone Pipeline. He's anti-mining. He's anti-oil and gas. He tried to stick the railroaders figuratively with the jab. Or, or they'd get fired. I mean, think about what he's been doing to union workers. So he's got some sucking up to do here, doesn't he? Government control. It's all about government control. One way or the other. That's right. That's right. Uh, we had a we had a message from Merrill in Malta. Merrill called in, and uh, and I guess he just wanted to relay a message. I thought he was calling in to be on the show. Uh, Chris, thanks for the call. Great to hear from you. But anyway, Merrill said this. Merrill said, illegal immigrants will enact a terrorist act in every state uh, at one date. So how could we not be seeing another potential 9-11, if not something worse than another 9-11, given all of the illegal aliens that are piling in, given the folks on the terror watch list that are crossing our southern border? I mean, it just makes sense, right, Merrill? So, Merrill, thanks for that message. Bruce in Butte, we got about a minute and a half to go. Great to hear from you. Yeah, good, uh, well, I was about to say good morning. Anyway, let's get right to it. The border is destroying America. The border should define America, but because we have all these individuals back east, including Congressman Zinke, my own congressman, who keeps voting for these damned on the, uh, these damn continuing resolutions, it's destroying America. The simple fact of the matter is, if you go home at night, you lock your doors. Why do you lock your doors? You don't want people coming in that you don't know, that you don't want in your house. Same thing with the border. These continuing resolutions are not securing the border. I like legal immigration. If you knock on my front door and ask to come in, come on in. You can crash on my couch. I'll help you learn English while you're looking for a job. If you sneak in my back door, I grab my shotgun. Congressman Zinke... You need to extract your cranium from your rectum and let some oxygen into your cerebellum. We need to outlaw omnibus bills. We need to secure the border. It's the only way it's going to be done. We've got to hold 